podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Good evening. <laughs> hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Ah, welcome along to the forum. Um, the last forum of the 2021 season, I guess it is. Uh, I thought last we, week's was. No, well, so did I, but this is sort of the last one, the last time around, because it's the last one in May, Andy. It's the last <laughs> one in May. Once May ends, it's a new season, right? Um, so this is the last forum of the 2021 season. Next week's forum will be the first forum of the 21-22 season. So there, that's how it goes. Uh, in tonight, we are going to have a debate around the four biggest topics that cropped up over the season. And if we have enough time towards the end, we might try a random show for a fifth talk from you, the viewers. Then we'll ignore all the topics you showed out and somebody randomly will stick something into the, into the text at some stage during the show. And we'll use that instead. Uh, joining me tonight is a great team, a great team of buddies that we've got into the forum. We have, of course, below me here, my old mate from back in Drimna in Dublin, Peter Smith, now based in Barcelona. Peter, I was actually up on your Mars Road there at the weekend. Um, I was up there seeing well, my own relations, and I just popped by the house, and I was there. I gave her a big wave in the window, uh, but she wasn't up, so that didn't make any difference at all. Um, and then, of course, over on this side here is Andy Young. Andy's at the moment. He's uh, paying attention to his horse racing. Uh, go on, the chippies. Go on, babies. go on. <laughs> go on. <laughs> Andy has a great book going, so if you want to join in, he buys all the horses in the virtual race, and you'll never lose a penny at all. And of course, joining on this side, all the way from Oakland and not San Francisco, is of course Avi over there in the big US of A. Avi, great to have you on the show, bro. Oh, proud to be on. I think this is my. Uh, I've, I've got my medal set now. I think I've been on every show, so this is my debut on the Monday forum. So and proud to be on with you three fellas. Do we have to send you a medal? Is that what those things are over your shoulders yeah. for every time I think, you're going to show think, you a medal? I think, you, I think you three are old enough to be my father. So, yeah, I don't know what? which one I should, I don't know which one I should call dad or not. Don't call me, daddy. Should be a good one. It, it, well, it better be, because if it's not, you're never coming on again. Um, anyway, right, so I've just... Also, look, tonight, you know yourself, we've been pushing out for the last couple of weeks about that we wanted to get to 10,000 subscribers. And personally, I think that's a bit shit. I want us to have 100,000 subscribers. But look, fair play to everyone that's coming along and subscribed so far. But we did promise you a big giveaway when uh, we reached 10,000 subscribers. And of course, the prize is a PS5. Um, and it's real. We didn't just make it up and we're going to give it to one of the lads off the forum and pretend that, like, that we gave a, gave a PS5. I know this is real. We're going to give it to one of you out there. So it's really important that you get involved. Before I give you the details, I want you all to please, please, please um, 
log into our Twitter feed, into our Instagram feed, whatever it is, and get on uh, the Sienna Steps, right? We want you to get out there. There's a buy a ticket on Eventbrite. It's five euro or whatever it is, right? Um, and do 5K for Sienna. We want to get her to that, get that operation in the States. We want to do our bit for her. And we really do. Anything you can help with, anything at all, get out there. Get the kids. I've paid for five tickets and I'm dragging a four-year-old to do a 20k with me just to make sure that she makes up for all the times that the rest of them didn't bother doing it so and you, you don't have to be as strict as Phil you don't need to drag your kids 50k or 20k or fucking oh, you starve do. them you or do. whatever otherwise, otherwise they have too much ticket. energy in the evening this way it gets them to sleep nice and early and you have a whole evening for yourself and you can have a few quiet non-alcoholic beverages um, but it is buy a please. ticket then decide what to do just buy, buy a, a ticket. ticket you don't have to walk sleep. anywhere you can pretend yeah. you can pretend you did no steps that day if you wanted, right? You could say that I've only done 15 steps and even if you've done 5,000, right? It doesn't make it even, just buy a ticket. And if you don't want to buy a ticket, if you're, if you're too stingy to buy a ticket and do the 5K, stick it. Stick it. We have a whole range of merchandise on the website as well. And there's T-shirts, there's um, face masks. It's still very popular at this stage. Um, we've got everything. Get on the website and you can buy stuff there. And all the proceeds, of course, are going to Sienna. And anyone that does super chats tonight, we know some of the lads love to do super chats. Anyone doing super chats tonight will, of course, that money will go as well to Sienna Step. So we really are. We're giving this a big push because we want to give her the best opportunities you can um, out there. Now, back to your piece. If you do that, we're gonna pay, we're gonna give you something back in, in, instead. And and we got us ten k ten ten k fans, which is really important and and it's great. Um, but now is the time to win the PS5. So, over the course of the evening, I'm going to ask you a couple of questions. Um, I'm going to give you the right answers. I don't want you to get the right answers. This is the forum. The right answers aren't the way of the forum. What I want you to do is guess what the lads gave me as their answers. Not the right answers, but what the lads gave me as answers. Okay? So, the, I think what we're going to do tonight, there's, there's going to be a range of things. There's one, there'll be an entry into the, into the PS5 draw. There'll be T-shirts in other parts as well. Um, and I'll decide which one goes into the PS5 at the end. And then, Andy, I might give you a random wildcard shout-out um, to one of the viewers uh, from the chat. And I think, Andy, the best thing you could do is whoever gives us the best comment, if somebody can somehow give us the best comment there, I think it'll be you can judge which the best one is and you can throw them into the PS5. I'll be, keep, I'll be keeping an eye on. I'm already looking yeah. at the comments there. All the regulars are in the house, so yeah, I'd like, it's to, great. like to make sure that we've a uh, good... Great to see uh, right, you have to be a subscriber, and if I find out that none of you regulars are are not subscribing, you're banned. for a week. No, definitely not coronavirus. Um, I've managed to get this long. I can actually log in to get a vaccine on Wednesday, so I'm not going to get it at this point. So, uh, up the ladder. Right, look, the first question to get us all going tonight. The first question, and if you aren't paying attention to the comments, stop talking to each other and pay attention now. Right, the first question tonight is. Luis Garcia scored 30 goals in all competitions for LFC. But how many goals did Pete guess he scored in all competitions for LFC? Okay. So the first one with the right answer will win a prize at the end of the, at the end of the night or will be in the draw for the PS5. I have to make up my mind what it is. So that's it. What you do to, to get into this is you've got to type your answer into the comments that's there beside you. Okay. Jeez, Andy, the answers are flying. In. Andy, oh, you well. better start paying attention. This is where I, this is why I, I heard you as the comments master tonight. It's basically the worst job ever. Okay, I don't, I don't see a right answer just yet. Oh, I, I, I see one. I see, I see the right answer. I see the right answer. Just make sure there's none before it. I, I have. I've seen. I've. We've got a right answer. So I've, I've, I've got it there. All right. This is really good. 
Um, do you want me to tell or do you want to keep? Uh, well, I know the answer. I know the answer, but I can't see it. Do you know the answer? Yeah. And okay. I don't see it. Do you know? Give them another few minutes. I've seen some. Oh, I, I see it. I see it. I see you see it, it. Yes. You see it. Come on, that's this is great. This is great podcasting, is it? Like somebody who'll be listening to this tomorrow morning in, in, in their car going, in, "What does they see? How can they see anything?" Well, this is a lesson to you: tune into YouTube on a Monday evening. Don't be waiting for the podcast the next morning. Tune in and watch on the on, on, the, on the big screen instead. Right, lads. Um, now that Andy has his force competition winner in here, let's get on with the force topic. Okay. Can we announce that person? Yeah, I can announce the person. We won't tell him what what he what he's won or what he hasn't won yet. So, but you can announce who the person with the with the right answer is. Okay, the the answer is uh, thirty five. That's mm-hmm. what he guessed. And the first person I've seen with the right answer is Gary Boland. Now it's out. It's there's if there is a Stewart's inquiry, if somebody can see one before Gary, fair enough. But the first one I've seen is Gary Boland. So mm-hmm. Gary Boland is in the draw for the PS Five so far. Yeah, Gary Boland. Unless, unless someone can spot it. An earlier one, which I don't think so. No, it's, it's Dave Lennon gave thirty five at ten oh seven, but Gary's was at ten oh six. So they, somebody'd have to have got it earlier than ten oh six for the oh. for the old um, thirty five. Yeah, right, I don't so. see I don't see any earlier thirty five. I think it's gonna be Gary already. Yeah, it looks like Gary, all right. This is great. And was this what you were watching on the, on your phone? Is this was there another competition going on? You're watching all the numbers come in, and you're this is like horse racing twenty five. Fucking hell, like Jesus Christ, the amount of bleeding guesses. Um um, where is Dave? Right, I know David's a subscriber. Gary, you better be a, a subscriber. We're, we're going to check. Yeah. We have ways. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, yeah Dave, Dave Lennon was Gary, away. Gary, if you're not a subscriber, if you were, if you answered the question before at ten oh six, and you only subscribed at ten oh seven, Dave will be in because he's the ten oh seven man, and he we know he's a subscriber. So that's the most important thing. <laughs> so can I just say, Gav Walsh, Gav Walsh is the only person that said I got it right. Fair play, to you, Gav. Stick him in the drum just for just for that. <laughs> no, Pete, you, you don't get to make the rules. You're here as a guest, right? When, when, you, when, when, when you get some power, I'll send you over at one of those maces. You can have a crown, all right? It's the most important thing. Vote for me, Gav. Listen, I'd look on a personal note, just before I get into topics, I see Kev O'Sullivan is there. Kev, I'm not going to go into anything that's there. I just, all I want to say is if anyone, my Twitter feed is another half pod. It's, it's to do with a pod that's coming out over the summertime. But if you get on there, there's um, a couple of things that I, I tweeted today. Um, and definitely please have a read of the thread, see what, what, what we're discussing there. And if you can, um, become an organ donor. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, it's up to you to go and have a look and see what goes in. And Kev, we're all with you out there. All right. That's the most important thing. Right. Now, um, that's all the messages for the moment. The you first have another thing chance is, in a world here, Mark. We have another chance, exactly. Yeah. In order to, the, right, so the, the, first up, I think we'll start with the manager. The manager has been a constant topic in this show. We've had the amount of Klopp-led um, podcasts we've done in the forum over the past uh, X amount of months, which I can't calculate in my head. We've got too many numbers going on after what's going on. Um, I don't know, right? But it's definitely been one of the prime topics that we've discussed all season. Now, Andy, I know, and Pete, you both, before we even d- said we were going to do this, right, um, both of you came to me with a club-based topic, so I said this is this is quite easy to, to, to pull up on. So because you both have a, an opinion, Avi, manager, Jorgen Klopp, what is your view on Klopp across the course of the season? Uh, it's difficult to judge because he dealt with 
a lot from last season. And we know with Klopp, he loves to go out on a break. He loves to go out to, you know, Spain, Vegas. I think it was when we won the European Cup, there was pictures of him just like relaxing with these sombrero hats and beers. He wasn't able to do that last summer. So, you know, obviously being locked in wasn't easy. And this this, this man, this great, great man um, of this football club, he always needs to go. He, he needs time off. He needs to switch off. Very much like Pep Guardiola. These two managers right now, the way they, the energy that they put in their teams in preparation, in application, you see them on the pitch. You see them so animated. He deserved a break above everyone else last summer. He didn't get that. So we come into the new season. And very early on, you saw a clock who was unusually sort of snappy at the media. You never usually get that with Jürgen. You know, he's, he always has that banter with the media, whether it's um, Jeff Shreves or Des Kelly um, on BT Sports, you know, who gives out the interviews. But he always, sorry, sorry, I didn't mean to laugh there. <laughs> but he always sort of um, bounces back with the, um, with the reporters. But very early on, he was very snappy. A few comments later on in the season with Gary Neville got into like, he got into little sort of battles that he didn't need to. Very reminiscent of um, Rafa Benitez or even Kenny on his second stint at Liverpool. So very early on, you saw a very cagey clock. Then obviously the Goodison Park game, um, Van Dyke going injured, Gomez, Matic. But we was, he still sort of held it together up until the Palace game where we were top of the league. And you thought, you know, maybe, just maybe with this team, even though we've had sort of two centre-backs out, this was prior to Matip, you just thought maybe this team can do it. Maybe we can retain. Um, and then obviously, you know, some would say it was inevitable that the wheels came off, you know, with the injuries, Jota went out for three months, the Michelin game, which people said, why did he start? A few fingers pointed at Klopp. Um, some would say, you know, like he deserved a bit of criticism. His substitutions didn't help. Um, I thought he was making very odd choices. Then obviously, you know, the death of his mother, um, which again, I don't think he was able to grieve. Um, I don't even think he's been able to go back to Germany yet um, postseason. But it's it, it was just a roller coaster ride. But the last ten games, you know, you could just see. I don't know what happened. There was like a light switch moment, you know, where the players start turning up. Fabinho playing in the six. Thiago started to flourish with a Fabinho alongside him. And, you know, we saw Klopp the last game of the season, how much it meant to him, to have fans. It meant so much to him when he had Wolves fans and Spurs fans, um, Liverpool fans in the Spurs game and Wolves game um, at Anfield. It meant so much to him. So I think the fans are the biggest sort of, you know, he, he it's affected him the most not having fans in the stadium because he feeds off that energy. I think we've mentioned it, all of us have mentioned it at some point. He feeds off that energy. He, he needs people around him. He needs that support network. And that support network is... And a, a bouncing Anfield, um, home and away. You know, he bounce off, he feeds off that, he feeds off that energy. So it's been an indifferent season for him. I think he will get his break and come back refreshed and literally rearing to go um, into the new season. Andy. Yeah. Andy, just, just add. Just add talk, just start talking. You, you, yeah, you, 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 um, we look. Um, I kept picking Klopp as a topic. A big weirdo, you. It's, I it's picked, like you're, you're absolutely standing him for the whole whole season. What's wrong with you? Yeah, no, I pick Klopp um, a lot as our topic throughout the season for different reasons. I, you're I, lazy. I was, no, I was just worried about. Him. You know, I genuinely was worried about him. Um, 
he he did he was himself as Avi says like he was snappy in the media and look I think in the past the times we've seen Klopp snappy was probably at Dortmund when things weren't going well uh, even with ourselves when we we've, we've had poor results is when he gets snappy um, you might call that a bad loser or whatever but look he's a born winner and they don't winners don't take losings too good but it wasn't just about losses it was about things like the times you we were playing games and which turned out to be very very legitimate cause for concern or t- to raise uh points and then he and then he had to deal with uh des kelly's line in a question and 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 he took exception and you know he hit the roof and we were all kind of cringing i think most of us if we're honest about how it went um, but like he 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 faced an awful lot of adversity, uh, you know, throughout the season. All the things like as Avi says, he, he likes to go away. He likes to bring the team away. He likes the team to socialize. That couldn't happen. Even hang around the uh, training ground and socialize. Hang around and um, for the for the togetherness of the club at at the training uh, ground or at the at the um, at Anfield, and that that couldn't happen. There wasn't the connection with the fans. That couldn't happen. So everything that Klopp really uses to motivate his team just was missing. And I would say, as much as you know, the general Liverpool fan missed the Mister Crowds. I think he really missed it. You know, he I would say he's one person who sees football as as the as the entertainment that it's there. It's there for the fans. It's not there for for him, or it's not there for the players. It's just there in that big wedge. It's for the people, and and um, we missed we missed being able to go to games. We missed being able to see the the fans celebrating. So, on when I put the topic out there on um on Twitter, Bobby Richmond uh, came back with a reply, and he says, if you want to continue uh, to be mentality monsters, you must face adversity in all its forms every now and then. Otherwise, you become complacent, lose focus, standards drop, and success becomes harder to achieve. And, and I 100% agree with Bobby there, and I couldn't have put it better myself. You have to have these challenges to keep you hungry. And I was saying last week how much I'm looking forward to next season with the fans back in the ground, because I think the last couple of games we've seen fans back, it really got that feel again for football and really got that appetite to see it all happen again next year. The lads talked about players we might bring in next season. But I'm most excited about just seeing faces back that we missed for a long time. The fans, the pl- players like Van Dyke, um, you know, we missed Henderson for a lot as well, Matip, Gomez. Like, I'm most looking forward to that togetherness back. And I want to see the old club back and the club who's like really hungry again and motivated. And it was it was his most challenging season this year, right? And at the end, he done the business. You know, he got us the third. It, that, that became our objective um, after he conceded the league, and, and I remember that night he did concede the league. He looked, he looked very dejected. Like it's it's the lowest we've seen Klopp. And when you look what's been happening behind the scenes from losing his mother and not being able to go and even grieve and see his family, uh, it's devastating. But um, hopefully he gets to do that um, on the summer break and and next season. It's, it's I just can't fucking wait to be honest because I think it's going to be just we're just going to see a rejuvenated Klopp. And uh, for all he's being put through this season, that's uh, in it, and uh, that sort of adversity that Bobby cited, it's um, it's it's gonna it's gonna come back in spades now. Pete, I, I look, I leave my tight to the end in, in terms of the manager, um, but Pete, you, you you wanted to point out again 
the around Klopp and and basically Pep, given what's happened at the weekend, where yep. Pep uh, bottled it yet again, the, the yep. big bottle and bollocks I that think, he is. I think to be honest with you, we all have huge opinions. I'd I'd be hugely in the in the two lads' corners. However, I'd have a different slant on it. I think the only way to the best way to judge Klopp. I suppose is to look at two very recent things, and the way you—I suppose—the way you just judge a great manager. I, look, I do look at Pep, and I look at Manchester City, supposed to be all conquering, and he's gone into a final, and he's decided to baffle not only you know in an attempt to baffle everybody and to prove his own genius, he's baffled his own players. Guardiola, Klopp had a similar situation against Tottenham Hotspur a couple of years ago, and decided to just trust his players and to and to try to steamroll. Spores the way we steamroll everyone and succeeded. I mean that's that's a mark of greatness as well. Do you have that edge? You have that bottle. So for me, Mark one, he trusts himself. Uh, he trusts the players around him, and he's he, he leaves his own ego aside. It's, I think it's Pep's big weakness is that he is a desperate attempt. He's list, listens to people who say it's all the money, it's all the money, and in a desperate attempt to appear a genius, he makes a suicidal change and leaves either Rodri or. Uh, um, Fernandinho out of that defensive midfield. Klopp doesn't suffer from that. He just does what's right. The second thing I think that that sets Klopp aside as the best manager out there is all of the problems that Andy talked about, that Avi talked about, you don't hear about them until either the player concerned is gone or it's months later. That's the sign of great management. The great managers keep you guessing, even when bad things are happening. Like, for example, when Oli Solskjaer, when bad things are happening, Oli Solskjaer can't wait to get to a camera to use as an excuse. Klopp's mother passed away, but you didn't hear it the weekend she passed away. You heard about it months and months later because the man understands what kind of, what how that will affect every everything around him. The media's perception of the team, the players, their morale, and he wants to keep that separate. That's the sign of a great man and a great manager. Now, let's go through the various struggles. Obviously, yeah, we spoke about his mother. Three years of uh, of, of, of having a team that was steamrolling everybody fitness-wise, and all of a sudden they hit a, hit a wall after COVID, and everybody muscularly and joints-wise fell apart. So, I mean, that's a huge challenge. I mean, it was 18, 19 injuries, losing the league, with 97 points in the back. I mean, that would destroy an awful lot of clubs, let alone teams. Losing the UEFA Cup and Champions League, fine, within a couple of seasons. The threat of null and void, which, believe me, would have sapped an awful lot of people's energies. The 20 injuries that we suffered this season. And last but not least, I mean, I don't think it can be understated, and I think we talked about it on this forum before, qualifying for the Champions League with 21 different defensive partnerships. I mean, if you had told me if another club was struggling against relegation under those circumstances, it wouldn't surprise me, even a club of our size. So to be honest with you, what the reason, I mean, I was one of the doubters of club. I remember Liverpool in 2016 were beaten 4-3 at Bournemouth. There was nothing outstanding about the result. It was the game. And the reason I was a doubter in club, because I looked at him and I just thought, he has no plan B. He just wants to, you know, play this explosive football and not think about it. I was wrong, as I very often am. He has more than his plan B is not about. You still know this game, though, Pete. In fairness to you, well, sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. But to be honest with you, I mean, Klopp keeps me guessing. I think we this forum and our whole pod is based on. None of us really know what the guy's doing. Even Rogers was predictable to a certain extent. But Jurgen Klopp is very, very unpredictable. It's very, very hard. Has anybody this season nailed down 
in 11 before the injuries. Nobody. For me, the man is just full of surprises. Talk about the thing I admire about most is you never hear, as I said, to summarize, you never hear about the adversary until it's done. Today's example, Jeannie Wijnaldum made a statement that's very cryptic and it suggests that there's more going on than meets the eye. Klopp kept that quiet and played Jeannie Wijnaldum in 95% of the games. The man is a brilliant manager. I hope he okay. stays. Uh, let me just do my usual trick here, right? I think Klopp has done brilliantly to get us into the Champions League given the position we were in. I think Klopp was the cause of us getting into the position that almost led us to get not getting into the Champions League in the first place. I don't think you can be effusive in praise for Klopp this season. I think he's been symptomatic of so many things that happened in this club this season as well. He's, he did a lot of bad things. He He persisted with a lot of bad things. When he had a chance to just go with two centre-backs, he persisted with Fabinho. Playing Fabinho continually as that centre-back prevented Thiago from having the impact he did across the course of those last 10 games. Because Thiago comes to life and you can see how he fits into the midfield. You can see the plan that Klopp had laid out for him because Klopp didn't have the faith to play two centre-backs. He, In his own mind, he didn't have enough confidence to play two centre-backs and have Fabinho as the screener and didn't believe that that would be as strong as if he played Fabinho at the centre-back. That's on Klopp. That's not on the players. Okay? We persisted with some players up front in the front line who are terribly out of form across a lot of the season. We didn't look to change our shape. And when we did look to change our shape, if you if you look at what happened at West Ham and you looked at the Tottenham games and you looked at the Crystal Palace 7-0, which was, which was before Christmas when we were actually doing well, that's when we changed shape. And the reason why we changed shape was because we had become a bit predictable in playing that 4-3-3. When we'd lost Henderson and we lost uh, lost the, the, the centre-backs, something had to change. And for me, the, the, the biggest part for me was that we came back to our system because we got enough bodies to play in the positions that we're in. I still have the questions I had in February and March when we talked about where we were as a team. And that is, what's our next evolution? Can Klopp... Klopp has to build Liverpool 2.0. That We've just watched the end of Liverpool 1.0. This now becomes Liverpool 2.0, okay? Do I have faith in them to deliver? Between Michael Edwards, the scouting team, Jurgen Klopp and his input that goes into it, absolutely. Why wouldn't I? Their hit rate with sign-ins, with the exception of Keita, has been absolutely off the charts, right? That's the only thing. So I tr- he has won and he deserves their trust to get this right, but he has nowhere, he has not had a vintage season. And the last 10 games has framed this as being a very good performance when in fact it was possibly it's 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 definitely Klopp's worst year as a manager at Liverpool Football Club since he's come in because it took him that time and I, and I understand all the pieces that you lads said around his mother passing and the adversity we had to fight through and all that type of stuff that's there okay and completely get that but he paid big bucks and a lot of money and has a massive reputation and to me, the most encouraging piece I saw was that he found the answers. He got there. He got the bit of luck. And the other thing that really matters when it comes to being a manager, it's not just its not just about achieving. It's about being lucky. The best managers always have a bit of luck, right? To get toward, we required that luck. I keep saying, look at the position in March. There is not meant to be any way possible that you can go from ninth in March to toward by May. 
right? Given that we'd already played two games ahead of some of the teams that were even behind us at that stage. So it's it's near impossible. What we did was do we did something in an asterisk season, which wasn't a real football season. Going back to our uh, the fans and everything that we've talked about. So I 100% agree with the opinion that Klopp is a fantastic manager. I can I I think he is so many leagues above Guardiola. Guardiola is the most overrated manager that have ever existed in football. Okay, and that's not me thinking that Guardiola is a good coach. I think he's a fantastic coach, but he is not the coach that he's made out to be and never has been. He achieved something brilliant 10 years ago in Barcelona where he turned a team into world dominators, a world domination team. He has failed at Bayern Munich. He has failed at Manchester City. Okay, He went to Bayern Munich to a team that won the treble, including the Champions League, and didn't win another Champions League. And Bayern Munich gave him more money than they've given any other manager in their history to achieve that Champions League win again. He went to Manchester City and has spent more money than anybody to win a Champions League, and he has failed repeatedly to achieve this. Jurgen Klopp has is a, a a league above Guardiola. He's built everything he's done as a manager, and that to me, I'm not having a go at him, but I do think it's been his worst season for Liverpool with a great result, if that makes sense. But, but Phil, surely um, he's allowed to have one bad season. Mm. The work that he's put in the last sort of four years at this club, this institution that we call Liverpool, he carries the people. You know, he speaks on behalf of the people. He's allowed to have a season where he made mistakes, but mistakes that were out of his hand. We talk about why he didn't play Phillips and Reese Williams. People forget Phillips had his fair share of injuries this season. He would play one and go missing for the next two and then come back again. It was only the last 10 games where he got a nice sort of run of, you know, clean health, clean bill of health, mm-hmm. where he was able to play alongside, okay, a Reese Williams or a Fabinho and whatnot. But surely Klopp, Fergie had it in his sort of 25, 30 years at United. Wenger had it. You know, Wenger had it for quite a while. He had a few bad seasons. Klopp has to, even if we didn't qualify for, qualify for the Champions League, he was allowed this time. He was allowed this time, get everyone fish, uh, fresh and fit for the new season, and we go again. Whether we were playing on... Uh, five live channel five or whatever on Thursdays at the, in the Europa League, he was allowed to have one season where it went wrong. It went drastically wrong. Um, and he could change things around, maybe structurally, tactically. Like you said, we persist with this four, three, three. Yes. He, I, I do feel that he does need to tweak the system at times as well. It is too sort of, you know, regimental at times. Maybe he needs to do something that Klopp does where he has to overcomplicate the system slightly, you know, a little bit of. <laughs> I'm a juggy. Don't respect it. <laughs> but I, I just think that he was sort of allowed this with everything that's happened with all the things that we've all mentioned. He was allowed to have a bit of a, you know, bad season, but yet he still sort of delivered. I know it's small achievements. Top four shouldn't be, you know, qualify for the qualify from the top, uh, top four in the last sort of day of the uh, league. It shouldn't be a great achievement, but look, we got there and we go again. But I totally agree with what you say, Phil, but I think we just need to be a little bit sort of, you know, assess the situation on a whole and say, you know what, at the end of the day, we go again next season. We literally do. Are we looking at thing? Are we looking at things a bit too simplistic there? Like, it's not all black and white. When we had uh, Vinnie Perth on here, he kind of cited a lot of the stuff you're saying, Phil. Uh, Liverpool looked like a better outfit once they started playing two centre-backs and played midfielders where they should be. Uh, they looked a bit more like themselves, the previous season but you have to appreciate that Klopp is watching the players in training and um, he's monitoring 
the likes of Phillips and and Reese Williams psychologically how they are. He's constantly back and forward with his backroom staff and seeing that they're ready. I mean, he had to navigate his way through the season um, as he saw best fit. Like just because when it clicked and we're all saying retrospectively, oh, that's that's what he should have done all along. It's just not that simple. I, I don't agree, Andy. And I'll tell you why, because when we won those couple of games towards the back end of January and February, that's when Fabinho went back into midfield and he played Quebec and Phillips as, as the two centre-backs. So the, the, the blueprint was already there for the run that was going to happen towards the back end of the season. Now, we have a massive amount of misfortune and, and, and bad luck. I think and the players clicked as well, Phil. You know, the, it wasn't the, just about that uh, tactical change or doing something that everybody else felt was obvious, but the players turned up, you know, particularly, you know, from, say, uh, the United game onwards. You know, we started to really look like ourselves again. They, they gained great confidence there. And the United game is in at the back end of that run. We yeah, have that's to when, get, that's we when have we, to get that's there. When we were, that's when we were impressive. Like you know, and um, we kind of seen us slogging it out. But I mean, it's in the last four or five games where we really, really seen um, Thiago excel. For instance, but Andy, I go back. I, I keep saying this, right? I'm not criticising Klopp for his what he achieved this season. I'm saying he takes the blame. And if you're going to stack this up as the as seasons as a manager, this is his worst season as Liverpool manager. Yeah, we were playing, we were playing centre backs against. Ex- um, but you're, you're you're making excuses rather than just judging it by what happened across the course of the season. He got a lot of things wrong. No, I'm not making excuses. No, you just did. I'm not making it's, excuses. Just, what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is not black and No, but you you. They, he did play centre backs in uh, in Europe as well. You know, if it was just it if it was just as simple, oh, we got fucking knocked out. Like we got badly beaten. No, we didn't. We we got we we got. It was the easiest run we've ever made through a group stage in about twenty years. No, that's going back. That's going back. Before, that's going back uh, in the group stages. Sure, we were playing for being at a uh, centre back. We were playing Henderson we at centre back. We had, we had Williams and we had all these lads playing at centre back. No, no. So Williams plays we're against. Talking about, we're, we're, talk, against we're talking about we're talking about changes that were made last year. kind of mm-hmm. February March when he started kind of playing Fabinho back into midfield. You know, it didn't happen just overnight. You know what I mean? It's it's easy to to just assume that the last four or five games this season was was exactly how it was once he played Fabinho. No, it wasn't we're actually talking, that case. We're, we're talking ten games from the from the end of March because yeah, it's not it it's not it's not four or five games. And I, I keep going to it. The change happens when he puts Fabinho back in. As soon as we take Fabinho out, I think in the Leeds game or the Newcastle game, we can see the goals. He puts him back into midfield and we win the games. The driver here is that he had the best defensive midfielder in arguably in Europe playing in the defensive midfield. So you can play shit centre-backs behind you and still get away with it. And that's not saying that Phillips and Williams are shit centre-backs. It probably is, but it's, 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 try, it's doing them a bit of a disservice. But he provides such a good screen in front of them, the pressure is less. Whereas if you put him back into defence, you bring so much pressure on you because you don't have the same quality to play in there, particularly when Henderson is gone with injury. Milner is 39 million years old. Like These are all things that we all looked at. And you said, you said to yourself, who are we to know? Yet when he did it, which seemed to be the most simple change to make 
it made a huge difference. Football is a simple game. As Bob, yep. as Bob Shankly once said, <laughs> football is a simple game made difficult by idiots there, who play forever. There was a time, right? there, was a, there was a time, people, fans, and look, it's it's really easy to look back and, you know, hindsight, but there was a time people were champion, uh, championing Fabinho to stay at centre-back and people were considering that. Oh, that's that's we, Pete. We, and Pete knows football. Yeah. Pete does Love know football. There. So look, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't just... The lunatics on Twitter are here. Like it was, it was, it was real people it in is. real life. Let's, let's not let's not discredit Fabinho at centre back. Down to the fact that we just don't have the midfielders to allow him. Come to here, do so Fabinho. Fabinho was excellent. Was class. He was absolutely class. That doesn't mean that's class. Yeah. Just class, lads. Fabinho's class. Anyway, come here. Since we're talking about Fabinho, we may as well move on to the next topic, which is the players. So across the course of the season, and I'm not limiting this to Liverpool. I'm talking about because there's been a lot of names that's been thrown into the chat tonight, particularly around transfer targets. Where I think one of the names shown in, somebody from them, Toto Fijajes or El Mundo Sporto uh, Transfer Tokyo, has said that Rafinha to Liverpool for 32 million, is a, they're about to submit a bid. I love when they're about to submit a bid because they're about mm. to get into it. But I want, I want to ask you, lads, from a Liverpool perspective, best and most disappointing? And was there anybody else in the league, and I'm not, I'm not talking about the obvious ones, that really caught your eye that said, you know, like a Rafinha, that said, yeah, if, if we bring this guy in, I'm going to be really excited, as opposed to the comment that was in the chat, I don't know who said it earlier on, we should be shopping in a foreign market because they're cheaper. You know what I mean? Avi, you haven't spoken about 10 minutes. So go on, you give us, let's hear your beautiful voice from Oakland. So um, one of the players that caught my eye and... I always thought that he could always deliver in the Premiership was Patrick Bamford. I just thought he always needed, he was messed around by Chelsea, you know, flirted away with different clubs. And it was a bit like Josh McCracken, who was a very good talent at Chelsea, but he went on these loans that he never worked out. But Patrick Bamford, it seems that Marcello Bielsa has put an arm around him and literally said, go and play, son. Go on, go out there and just go and express yourself. And he does miss a lot of chances. Um, he missed a, a few, loads of chances in the Championship, but he's coming to the Premiership. You know, and he's been around six, seven clubs on loan, but it just seems that he got down, knuckled down, worked hard, got his goal, scored in, scored at Anfield on the first game of the season against us, and he just went from strength to strength and was a late contender for the England squad. Um, he's just a good footballer, you know. He doesn't, really, he hasn't got a lot of pace, but he knows where the net is, and I just thought he was one player that's impressed me. In terms of Liverpool, um, my favourite player this season is very, it's very hard to look past Salah. You know, he's he still misses his fair share of chances, but he's still, you know, he's always in the reckoning and another 32 goal season for him, for him. Amazing, you know, and I don't really want to single out any players, but it's very, and it's hard as well. But Nabi, I think it's just a frustration with Nabi um, because there is a player in, there is a player in there somewhere, but unfortunately the injuries have killed him. And I didn't think Klopp, and these were I'll side with you, Phil, uh, just a quick one. I thought playing him against Real Madrid, starting him at the, not the Bernabeu, but the training ground, whatever it was, um, in the first leg, that was disastrous from Klopp. Absolute disastrous. And that's when I thought, you know, Jürgen, you don't do that. You know, he's a player who's not played in two, three months and all of a sudden you've, you're, you're thrusting him to sort of protect Trent when Trent goes forward and you think Naby can do that job. That was disastrous. And we obviously knew when he took him off in the 42nd minute, um, you know, and the rest was history. That's fair. I th- I, I, look, I'll have my own rants in a few minutes, but Andy... Uh, for yours our best what was who no not best who's your favourite player of the season who was your biggest disappointment and the, your probably what was the non-Liverpool player that caught your eye um, player of the season 
That player is your favourite player. Does it does obviously oh, players fucking Salah, like it's just just stupid, like um the levels there, you know. Uh, it's crazy. Uh, you know, there there is this thing that people still doubt him. I, I don't know what it is. And maybe it's maybe it's not our fans at all. It's just the the mush in the media and other fans as well. They just seem to focus on negatives and they talk about diving and everything else. But Salah for me, um you're only saying a couple of weeks ago as well. Like you're talking about one of our greatest players ever. And I'm not saying that lightly. You know, I'm not discrediting anyone. Like I put it up on Twitter a while ago and I was got a bit of a slaughtering off some people. Like this is not not saying anything negative about Kenny. It's not saying anything negative about Fowler, fucking Rush, Gerard. But when you talk about talent, like when you talk about what a player can do and what a player has done consistently for so long, you know, we're talking like world class. We're talking best player in the world levels mm. for four seasons now, isn't it? Unbelievable. So Salah, um, straightforward enough. Let down player. I don't think any of our players let us down, really. Um, like, you know, Abby says, Kate, just a fella's being unlucky, you know. And I'll fail you'll you'll go on the rant now and, and slaughter him. But when you haven't actually when you haven't actually seen a player playing, you know, you can't really judge him. So when he when he has played, he's been he's been he's been decent, you know. Um so no, there's there's no one player that I'm gonna really say let us down. Like it was the situation that Liverpool Town was the game. No, top red, top super red, super duper top red. Look, there's not many, there's not many times in your, in your supporting life that you're going to really be fully behind your team because we've been through like the pits at times. You know what I mean? Uh, we've experienced what having to watch players that they just shouldn't be wearing the short. And I think uh, Klopp has a has an um, um, injected into those players now that they're they're proud to to wear the short and they they know the value of and the responsibility of them for the for them um, playing for that club and the city. So um, no, Andy, would you not? Over. Andy, would you not say Marnie's let you down this season? Especially, no, the, especially I the say it's be very unfair. Like I mean, Mane has played at extremely high levels for whatever three seasons, four seasons now him as well, and he got COVID and he didn't seem to recover. I mean, how how um you know you talk about player uh, people's egos in football. Like the player came out like openly and said he doesn't know what's wrong with himself. He's gone yeah. to Lens, you know, for that honesty. You know what I mean? And that humility in, in football yeah, is exactly. just, it's a its a huge quality. And we encourage that fact, it's not a letdown. Yeah. I agree with you. And, and Klopp, Klopp brings in sound people. You know, he's he hasn't really brought in an arsehole who's really let the club down. Except Kaiser. Yeah, but... Like, has, that's your, has, that's, your, that's your opinion. I don't, I don't, a, guy, I, a guy who's 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 a coward and has dialed it in in a number of games, it doesn't have a place for me at this club and doesn't deserve to be at the club. Like he needs to be, he needs he needs to be gone. I don't want to see him. I don't want to see him ever wear the jersey again. I was delighted he never played another minute for the rest of the season after the Real Madrid game because that in itself was the, well, that was the end. And that's not the first time mm. he's done it. He did it in Napoli away before as well. Uh, he's, 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 he's doesn't a 50, like the, fifty-five million pound player too. 
Let's forget. Let's not forget about that. That's a big. That was big money, and we bought him a year before as well. Just, just, just yeah. FYI. I just it's uh, but like there's there's a few f- f- great shouts coming in. Like I I would have said one of the ones up until the last five or six games, Firmino was definitely up there for being dog shy oh. this season, right? But he came up with big goals at really important moments, and for that he's not going to win the award off me. Pete, I'll give you you go with yours, and then I'll, I'll have a go at mine. Well, I didn't get I didn't get a chance for outside of Liverpool. Uh, go ahead, Andy. Go ahead. But, you, but you're so, too busy being a top red. Yeah, no, go no, ahead. Uh, <laughs> That that would have to be uh, Phil Foden. Just, just yeah. uh, uh, unbelievable, like really, really, you know. And I've I've admired, you know, it pains you to admire so like players at other teams so much, expect especially rivals like City, you know. And I was a big fan of Kev, uh, Kevin De Bruyne for a lot a few years now as well. Uh, but those those guys are are just a pleasure to watch. Like they make you want to watch football. And uh, Sean, he always cites it as well, like how much um, Kevin O'Brien reminds me reminds me of Gerrard, and I'll be I'll be with him on that. The way he moves, the the versatility he has in his game, and um, all the things he can do with the football. But uh, Foden is special, you know. And and I actually I I didn't really cop it at first. He was getting a lot of games for City. He was getting a lot of minutes, and I couldn't really see exactly why. He was being sort of recognised above all of the whatever other kids that City would have had, but uh, now, boy, God, now he's Jesus. Like he's been one of the most instrumental players in the team that's won the league. And um, so that that for me, you know, I know it's not a player that we could obtain, but um, that's that's a player I love to watch. Um, Sim says there that doesn't deserve the number eight short. Forget the money, and I think he was referring to Kaiser there, which, which is a super chat. Which I think you're right. Um, like that's you know it's it's, the, it's an insult of number eight short in terms of the performance of the guys turned in. Pete, give us your ones. My player of the year beyond the obvious. Um, obviously, no, forget player of the year, favorite player, right? My favorite. Yeah, I, I suppose. Well, look, I, I won't look beyond Salah, but I'll tell you why I picked Trent. Because to to be such a young kid and to be up against so much horrific opinion and so much reactionism, and still kind of pick, I mean, any normally kids his age disappeared up their own arsehole for the rest of the season when they haven't done it. He was so poor at the beginning of the season. He was he was like an emblem player for how our season was going, and then he just showed maturity beyond his years to actually step it up beyond that. To be honest. Uh, listen, Salah's the player of the year. There's no doubt about that. But I think Trent shows a little, has shown more character, you know, than most fellas ten years older than him. To be honest with you, he was he was just he went from just being absolutely awful to just, you know, completely stepping up. And that's why there's such a clamour about what Southgate is doing. Ah, uh, listen, I'm delighted he's being knocked out of the English squad. Yeah. The international football is yeah. a waste of time. There's people putting up scores and stuff. I couldn't give a shit, lads. Honestly, you're looking at bottom of the championship stuff in terms of international football. It's a dead dead pastime been it right the fact that Trent gets to go to Ibiza now for a month or so just to relax chill out sit around the jacuzzi and a, and a, and, and a pool and have a great time I'm delighted for him and look if you ever, if, if people say kind of, oh Southgate's an arsehole Southgate's this the fella had a 29% winning record at Middlesbrough, Middlesbrough. Like, England like picking losers as manager it's, it's, it's their national pastime this happens all the time they didn't play Barnes didn't play McManaman didn't play Gerard in his right position they generally don't pick the best players I'm delighted for him. Long may I continue. I never want to see England win another major championship again. Sorry, yeah, Avi, I know, but I'm just. But that's just what it is. 
This is it. This is it's another, you know, desperate attempt to look clever. Like I know something that everybody doesn't. Yeah. I mean, a, a clever manager, as Jamie Home will tell you, a clever manager will just say, "Okay, I'm going to pick him, but I'm not going to play him at right back. I'm going to play him in the middle of the park and see if he can replicate that unbelievable range of passing he does and actually make us a creative team." I mean, I'm sure Harry Harry Kane might agree. He'd love to be on the end of some of that passing. Kevin De Bruyne is not English. So you might as well somebody have somebody with his range of passing, but who are we to George and who are and we? A, a, set, a set piece accuracy. The one of the, the one thing that England got away for nearly 20 years was with Beckham not being able to run down or do anything and just ping in incredible free kicks and incredible uh, set pieces all the time. That's what Trent brings to you. Yeah, set exactly. pieces in football. The only thing in football that's a guaranteed chance is a set piece in the other team's half. It's yeah. the only thing. Yeah. And if you've got yeah. one of the best players in the world at a set piece, and you don't bother putting them in the squad, you're an absolute geranium head. That's what you yes, are. There's, exactly. no, there's, like, there's no point in it. You know what I mean? It's, just, it's, it's just, just a quick one, Pete. Sorry to interrupt. Trent Alexander-Arnold, right? He's been he's been coached by two articulates of the game, Jürgen Klopp and Alex Inglethorpe before him, right? They recognise that this player is not a six. He's not a midfielder like he was when he started off. He's a right back. They, they've refined this position. And there's no way in hell a manager of Gareth Southgate's caliber knows what to do with him. So he's using this excuse that no, he's not. He can't defend. To, to be it's honest, narrative. Yeah. There's a big narrative that he can't yeah. defend. Which well, to, is to be honest, that, that's yes. lazy. That's lazy. To be honest with you, Trent, and you won't, you'll never pick a player like Trent at right back for England. Not because of Trent, but because of Harry Maguire and John Stones. To yeah, be honest true. with you, neither of them have recovery pace or positional sense to kind of, you know. To, to cover across the back when Trent goes and does what Trent does. Can you imagine Harry, Harry Maguire being left exposed against Romelu Lukaku or whoever England come against? You'll find that someone like Trippier or someone like Kyle Walker, a better example, will be more the steady Eddie pace recovery safe job just in case Trent goes, oh, and does something creative, creative and leaves us exposed. Yeah. So it's more about Harry Maguire's shortcomings and John Stones' shortcomings than, than anything to do with Trent. Let's, let's be honest about it. Yeah. But in terms of uh, disappointments this season, I have to say, and until Andy made a super point earlier on, Phil, until Mane came out and said it himself, he actually said, I don't know what's wrong with me. I'm going to see you know, people to see if there's something wrong. Manny was my huge disappointment. It was like he was getting into the positions but trying to pick the wrong choice. Forget about missing chances. Anybody can miss chances. But some of the decision-making in the final tour was just desperate. Desperate. I don't, you know, I was wondering, is he feeling the pressure of Jota being obvious quality, being the sort of player that can play between the lines and, you know, play off the shoulder and be, pay, be pacey? And he's thinking, this fella's going to replace me. No, some fella's just hit a brick wall. And I think Mane, it's like you said a few weeks ago, Mane has probably covered more ground up there than anybody bar, probably bar Salah. But he's probably just having one of those years where he probably needs a few months off football. You know, I hope the AFCON never happens because he doesn't need to play in it. So that's been a bit of a letdown. But he's redeemed himself by being the one that stuck his hand in the air and said, I'm not doing the business, boys. So as far as I'm concerned, listen, Keita is a huge letdown. Forget about the injuries, you know, his attitude when he's on the park. There was two. He had a Real Madrid moment before. We played against um, what the team that's called Red Star, Bel- that's not called Red Star Belgrade anymore. I can't pronounce the name. Away and we got beat 1 0. Is that crying as bad as This was two years ago, but he, he just froze for 45 minutes and then he pulled a sickie. 
in about the 40 tournament. There was nothing injured about him because he was back a couple of a couple of days later. For me, did against Napoli away as well. Did the exact he, same thing against Napoli he, away. He freezes. For me, he freezes. He's not a 50. Listen, he's a lovely player. You know, it was lovely to watch him in that Bundesliga and all that, but he just I, I, I don't I feel that, that fella just doesn't think that he's up to it. So he's been my disappointment. Forget Manny, he's been and players to watch at the other at the other clubs. I've got two. Yep. Uh, back Bakary Saka. Um at Arsenal. At Arsenal yeah. yeah. I know that we were in there for him. And I think it's not that he's so good, it's he's so good in whatever position. He's just so versed and I just thought perfect. And I have to say, uh, looking across uh, Stanley Park, that Everton centre centre back that they they nicked off Charlton last year. What's his name? He's as he's as good as I've seen. Godfrey, ben Godfrey, he is a he is a monster. I would have him in our squad. He seems to be injury prone. He's got a bit of recovery pace. He's a bit of bottle. He's exactly what you know you want in in that type of player. Now I'm hoping the new lad we brought in from you know from uh, Konate is going to be that type of player. But Godfrey for me and Saka are two players I'd love to have in our squad. Okay, I want to want to give everyone a warning. After my uh, picks, we will be doing the next part of the competition. So get yourselves ready and get your brains in gear, right? And stop talking away. I've seen there's pizza slices and everything going up and down in the comments. So that's all I'm going to say on that one, right? Um, you all look like you've been sitting out in South Dan Street on a Saturday night enjoying yourselves with no pants on. Anyway, right, so just... Um, so... I'll probably go because um, I, I like to go a little bit different on this um, and just to throw people's brains into, into gear ahead of it. Um, my favourite player this season is going to be Cuevin Kelleher. For a kid that... Actually, I'm going to do a slightly different. My favourite player this season has been the academy. Okay? Because in a season that was torn down by injuries, to be able to use players that we, that we produced exclusively from the academy, Williams, Phillips, Trent, Kelleher... Curtis Jones, right? All those lads played significant minutes and significant parts of games across the course of the season. And I'm going to name the cab- the academy my favourite player of the season. I absolutely love Mo Salah. I, everyone knows how much I adore Mo Salah. He's not, I'm not picking him because he is the player of the season, as far as I'm concerned, right? But I'm going with the academy because it was hard to pick one out of them. You could pick Nat Phillips and try to be on the hipster bus to be, given everything that's going on. Reese Williams got unfair abuse for the performance he turned in as, as a kid. He's basically a kid at centre-half. There's very few kids under the age of 20 that come in at centre-back and look like world-class centre-backs that are there. But Cuevin Kelleher in goal stood out to me. In those games, he had to step in for Alisson. I'm going to, like, lads, we didn't miss Alisson. We had fears about Adrian playing in goal for us the whole life. Kelleher came in, and I would argue his performances surpassed nearly everything that Alisson did across the course of the season until that last run of 10 games and the goal. I'm straight up, that's that's where it is. But like you, then you look at Curtis Jones and what he performed and what he did across the course of the season. It's the academy is definitely I'm I'm giving them the player the, the, my favorite player of the season because they they delivered toward as much as everything else is right. Um, disappointment of the season. Up until he scored, the, up up until we turned that run of form, I thought Allison was having a terrible season by his standards. Genuinely, right? He made a lot of mistakes, and I understand what, ha- what happened to his, his father and everything like that. But he picked up the industry, picked up everything else that's going on. And I was thinking, but then he scores the goal and he puts in those performances towards the end of the season. So, a bit like Bobby, I'm not putting them into the disappointment of the season. Bobby was, was front runner for such a long time. 
Uh, it's easy to pick Keita as the disappointment of the season, but then again, if you put a if you put a mark in that you have to play more than three matches, he's not going to get into that list as well. So, in reality, lads, I think I'm, I'm going to go with going to go with the the backup players. They were the they were the disappointment of the season. The Oxlades, the Shakiris, the Origis, the guys that we needed to rely on when we hit those industry those industry those injury crises. They didn't turn up. They didn't put the minutes in, and that was the biggest issue for us because we didn't have the we didn't have the squad depth we thought we did going into the start of the season. Um, and then looking across the other teams, my favourite non or the, the players that jumped up at me, I think Kanza at Villa is an absolute monster of a player. I, yeah. I, honestly, yeah. I think because we were looking for a defender and somebody who can play fullback, I just think Kanza would be, would have fat like he would have been or would be perfect in in, in terms of what it is Rafinha. Absolutely love watching him play for Leeds when all about three times I watched Leeds play across the course of the season. Um, uh, Saka, yeah, he's, he looks like an electric player for, for, for Arsenal that's there. But I have to say, looking at um, Leicester and what Leicester did, it's very hard not to look at um, T. and in Didi in midfield for Leicester and be especially when we're looking to see, replace because we knew when Yaldon was off at the end of the season we're looking at them and looking what they did I think it, it, they've been absolutely fantastic and and what Son does at, at Tottenham as well he's him yeah. but yeah I definitely I'll go with that I go I'm gonna go with the elements this because he just stood up there's shouts for Neto as well Neto's been fantastic at Wolves one of the few bright sparks that Wolves had across the course of the season so that's where I'm gonna go and Phil if we didn't have Thiago I'd be I'd be thinking. Get him in, you know. You just can't afford the way the energy that we need from midfield. You can't afford a Pedro Neto, in my opinion, and a Thiago. To be honest, I don't think he'd have the patience to sit there and wait for Thiago not to be playing because he'll play most of the big games. You know. And Phil, Ke- Kev O'Sullivan says, um, "Creeping Callagher is going to be our uh, Ireland's number one uh, next year." And Johnos uh, come up there as well. Ireland uh, manager trying to get Callagher to leave Liverpool. Um, what, where do you stand on that? Could, could Callagher be the Liverpool or could be the Ireland number one without being playing first team football every week? Listen, this before Christmas, he's got he's going to have a lot of League Cup games, right? Um, and he's the type of goalkeeper you wouldn't be afraid to put into a Champions League group stage or the odd league game. The one thing I'll say is that it's it, it, if if you look at the problem with Callagher is that he was injured a lot after after Christmas, right? Mm. So he misses out on opportunities. I think Adrian plays a couple of games after Christmas that was there. And you're just there going, that's where we need Kelleher to be fit. He had a lot of injury issues himself post-Christmas after mm-hmm. that brilliant run he had for the team. And if 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 Stephen Kenny is saying Kelleher should leave, then Stephen Kenny's a gimp, basically. So it's like he should just shut his mouth and stick to trying to win his first match ever for Ireland or maybe even <laughs> score a goal. Yeah. You know, so... Um, Maybe do you loan him out? I, I don't know. I don't know. But in this day and age, with the number of matches that players have to play, that teams have to play, I think there's space in that squad for Kelleher. And I think you'll get 15 to 10 to 15 games next season anyway. And to me, that's where we should, that's what he, he should be there to play 10, 15 games. 10 to 15 games for Liverpool next season is better than loaning them out to a championship side and playing whatever amount for whoever. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd keep him. I don't think he should be. So, like question marks with Allison too. Like he does, you know, last two three years he has been he has missed like seven eight games in the league. So you know, yeah. Kelleher will Kelleher will get his chance. Fair share of cup games as well, League Cup, FA Cup games. If you've already qualified in the Champions League, you two three games there, and then you've got the league. 
Exactly. And Tom Bowler makes a great point. Stephen Kenny picks Darren Randolph, and Darren Randolph, I think, has played about two games for West Ham since he signed there. So, like, and he played Gavin Bazinou ahead of when, when Kelleher couldn't play because of injured, and, and he hasn't been anywhere near a football match in about three years since he signed for Manchester yeah. City. So, and people saying Kelleher should go on loan. No, this bullshit about us sending out players to go on loan for, for why? What benefit? What benefit does it mean? What what benefit is it to us to send our second choice goalkeeper out on loan in the event that our first choice keeper gets injured? The idea here is that we have a strong squad and he plays games across the course of the season, and he's not going yeah. to he's not going to benefit us being on loan. I think he's he's doing really well for us. Yeah, it's it's, a, it's the it's the reason why it annoys me when you look at you know any conversations anywhere, and the first thing is, oh, if we sign him, where does he play in the eleven? Thinking, please stop talking about the eleven. Let's start thinking about the 16, the 18, the 19, the 20. You know, make sure these lads are together. It's like exactly after you, your point was the backup lads having sometimes you have to accept what your role is and be ready for when that role becomes relevant. And it looked like none of our lads were. It was almost like stage fight. Yeah, the last couple of games of the season, a couple of them kind of stepped up, like uh, Chamberlain scored. But, you know, you, you want fellas to walk in and be seamless, like they are, to be honest with you, I hate saying it, like they are at Manchester City. Sometimes you will look at a Manchester City game and you see five, six players who haven't featured for the last seven or eight weeks and you wouldn't know. They just look yeah. like they've been playing. You know? Sean, Sean is right. Look, you've got Miroslav Yaros playing for Pats at the moment and he's getting massive mm. rave reviews in the League of Ireland. Yeah, he's too good for that. He's too good for so, that level. That's great. But like again, hopefully these bring money in for us when we go to sell him. Right, moving mm. on. Second last topic. Second last topic is we, we can match these up to these two up because they start to lead into each other because one leads on to the discussion the other, right? So I want to talk about fans and TV. The, the, and the TV is not just about Carragher and Neville, because my Christ, I don't want I wouldn't you couldn't pay me to watch those two Muppets on the television, right? But I want to talk about this, the, the driven narratives that television has had across the course of the season, and some of them are including VAR, right? VAR is a television screen at the end of the day, um, but VAR isn't. VAR is a video assistant referee and is a human that sits up there in a box. And the amount of conversations and podcasts, not just on this channel, but right the way across the world, that have been dedicated to VAR because of a TV narrative is off the charts. So Andy, I'm going to start with you because you're a great man for this stuff and you love a bit of Sky and you, you love Carragher and you're still red and white scarves and everything and probably going out to do protests at Man United's ground just to be part of the club and everything, right? But the narratives that were driven by television, Andy, this year, um, has it reduced your enjoyment of football across the course of the season? Um, ah, look, I, I don't know. I, I think the over... over um, Sorry, Andy. Sorry, sorry. I made a mistake. I just want to stop for a second. Just stop there for a second and hold your thought, right? People, we now have the second piece of our competition. We need to do this, right, Because before we run out of time. So the second piece of the competition, second piece of the competition, really important, right? So uh, where am we? I better write, I better, better check this out again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I was in your ear screaming. <laughs> Same as last. John Barnes scored 108 goals for Liverpool over the course of his uh, his career, right? While walking on water. How many did Avi guess he scored? Go. <laughs> <laughs> Where are people going with their nines and eights? I don't know. I don't know. It's it's it's, it's bizarre. Do you want to hurry up? Because I'm not sitting here all night. If they don't get it quickly, Abby uh, lives in America. He's not American. He was somewhere near the the truth. Definitely. <laughs> I actually it's going to take ages for someone to get this. 
Maybe not. We need to find it, Andy. So don't don't get this wrong. Now I'll start cycling. Fucking someone hit the bar close. there. Yeah. yeah, there's been two shots off the bar so far. Kumar has been very close, and someone else has been very close. Ryan Morphy was very close as well. You didn't say that many goals, did you? I mean, really? I actually wasn't too bad. No, FYI, it wasn't too bad. No, you weren't. Oh, that's like there's there's some there's some people going very close there. If you just want to scroll up and look at Kumar's and go near that, yeah, okay, oh. close as well. Richard so, yeah. Cobb is very close, like yeah. very close, as close as Kumar. Yeah, but but on the other side, oh, we have it, we have it, we have it. Sam Tandy, Andy. Sam Tandy. Sam Tandy at eleven oh two p.m. 11? Oh, yeah, so where you are. I was going to say, God, what's going on? I'll do, I'll do like, this. Look, of, does, look at that, Andy. Okay. What? Does that make it easy for you? Look at there the screen. There was Oliver as well who got 102 as well, I think just before Sam. So it might Did be he? a little bit of a dubious decision. Yeah, Sam, um, Oliver got 102 as well. Where's yeah. Oliver? What, what time was Oliver at? He was just above. Same on, time. On, on my screen, yeah, he's just above, he's just above Sam Thandy. He got 102. got to put them both in, boys. Got where are they? Hold in. on. Where where um. I'm trying to. I can't see Oliver. I see I Oliver. Ninety nine. Oliver is a lot of guesses. He has Nick Fury as his as his uh, emoji or whatever you call it. Bloody thing. Oliver yeah. definitely said one hundred two. Lauren had one hundred two. What time was he at? Eleven uh, hundred two as well. <sighs> Oof. Gotta have you. Gotta have them all in. I'll give. I'll give. Let's give it to Sam. Let's give it to hold Sam. On, hold on. No, hold on. I've, I've got Oliver's. Let me go up. See, I don't see, I don't see Sam's at all. I should have actually got 106. He's my favorite player as well. <laughs> Walking on war, John Barnes. How come I don't see the 102 from Sam? I don't know, but it's up on your screen there. I know I'll that, but, uh, but I can't. I don't know whether I can't. I, I don't, him and I don't see. I don't, after Oliver's, I don't see Oliver's 102. So now here's the here's the issue. <laughs> okay, so look, Phil. Phil, you spotted you spotted Sam's first, right? So eleven or two, Sam Tandy, and look, Sam, we'll find out if you're not a subscriber. Yeah, and, and Oliver, write down Oliver, Oliver if um, Oliver if that doesn't. So so the first one we had Gary Boland, and if he if we find out he's a messer, he said uh, he said he said he isn't. He said he's 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 in, he's um. He's a subscriber. So he came back to us in the chat and said he was a subscriber. Who? Gary did? Yep. All right. And then I'll let that stat so. And if we find out that uh, Sam's a messer, it's Oliver. Right? Is that fair enough? Yeah, that's fair. As far as I'm concerned, that's that's very fair. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm going to be looking out for the... For the uh, sorry, this is for a t-shirt, isn't it? This is for a t-shirt, yeah. This All is for right, a t-shirt. Okay, so you just get so, a t-shirt. So you're not in so, the draw. So you're not in the draw, Sam, for the PS5. You get a t-shirt from the merch range. So go onto the website and uh, pick whichever t-shirt you want. And you need to email the LFC Day Trappers at gmail.com with the deets, deets and we'll send it on to you. Right? So there you go. Fair Anthony, go came in at 11.03 p.m. It says Master Disaster at 11.01 had it, but I can't, I can't see that. So... Uh, that's just the way it goes. Um, tough, but there's still there's still another bit to go in this competition, isn't that right, Andy? Well, if we find it, hang on. Look at Oliver. Oliver, Oliver Olivier is on. it? Look at how honest Olivier is. That's yeah. got to be worth something. Um, I'm, not, I'm just saying. 
good round people. Of okay, look, I don't know. Oliver, for being so for being so honest, Pete is going to buy you a piece of merch, right? So there you go, Pete. Since you want to want to uphold the, the good piece here, you can buy him a piece of merch and send him something on as well, right? That's send me bits and pieces, Olivia. That's that's everyone sorted. And uh, Dave Lennon up the Nordies t-shirt if you want. If you want, you can up go the Nordies. Yeah, up the no, Nordies. Dave. He's from the north. Uh, I, I, hey, I'm going to just hit the proof. I, I picking right the the last one for yeah. the PS draw. Right. Um, I want uh, a correct answer from a regular listener, a regular viewer, because I can I know the names. I'm looking at you all there, um, to tell me what being men rob. And <laughs> <laughs> if you're a regular viewer, you'll know what being men rob. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were gonna ask him what what we what do you use cling film for? <laughs> Just the worst question ever. <laughs> there's, there's a few correct answers so far. It's not, it's not for the force and it's far it's far it's far who we decide go on and the next topic and you go on the narrative the, the tv narratives go oh yeah um i'm getting pissed off i think we're uh, watching football with fake crowd noise and football like every minute of the day like you know all the games spread out that's that's really ruined the football for me i think the last the week weekend shoulder it's all about with all the football happening at the same time you're you're watching the game and you're checking results like that's that's where you grew up that's to love um so i, ha- I never want to see a situation again where every game is on and it's like spread out completely so that that fucked it up so what i did find myself with nothing else to do during lockdowns was watching every game like watching borny and fucking wolves or whatever like paying your hole there's no there's no just no so that I think that with the overconsumption of football and the overanalysis and listening to crap from pundits, uh, I won't miss that. Mm-hmm. So hopefully start next season, you know, you'll be rushing around, doing your bits around the day, getting home to watch the game. You won't have time for listening to any garbage from them. Um, the narrative, different narratives around VAR and uh, they never speak about the real thing and that's the inadequate refereeing. Uh, VAR is there to help them and they don't take that help. They still manage to fuck it up. Um, Sean, he said there a few minutes ago in the comments, uh, the Champions League final was proof that VAR as a product is not, there's nothing wrong with it. It's mm. the incompetent refereeing. Mm. So, um, yeah. That's, that's, been, that's been the biggest downer for the yeah. whole for the whole season, it's just this over. Like you, ju- I just felt like uh, smothered by it. Mm. You know what I mean? And it was all we kind of had for a while. You know, Abby, what are you watching over there in the states? What are you watch? What, what's what's the project? You, what what like? What are you watching? Peacock or are you watching the True Square? How are you doing? You're watching yeah, True Peacock. Peacock. Yeah, Arlo yeah. White, Graham Lasseter, and Lee Dixon. Who, to be fair, they've been great, great commentators. Um. With the VAR, it's it's difficult because VAR, we, we were always sort of saying VAR, we need to bring a system in place that is VAR. But the people are so inept in running it. Um, you see the Australian A-League, they've got, the refs are mic'd up. So you listen to what exactly they're talking about. What 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 is the discussion? Whereas in the Premiership, we don't know what they're talking about. We literally don't. We don't know what's going on. And the one that really killed me was um, maybe because it was 4 a.m. kickoff was 
the game um, in Goodison Park, the Mane decision, I thought if you're giving that offside, then you're giving a lot of decisions that shouldn't be offside, offside. And that for me just literally ruined the season. You can't celebrate when there's a goal scored because you think, okay, they're going to give it a review. Is it offside? It's taken the, it's taken the emotions out because now when there's a goal, you like double jeopardy. Do you, do you celebrate? Do you jump for joy? Do you wake up your neighbors or do you just wait? And even when, when you wait and it's a goal, it's not the same. You don't have the same buzz. So they do need to tweak it. How? Uh, I don't. I don't have a clue. This country, well, England, they've um, the Premiership, they've they've totally ruined it. And the people behind it, whether it's Paul Turney, whether it's that uh, uh, what's his name, that cunt, that coot, David Coot, um, it's it's awful, absolutely awful. The people who are running it. P narratives. I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna frame this a bit more. So. Television requires a story, right? Even in sport, it requires a story. And the sky-driven story is one of the most disgusting stories that's being pushed all year on television, right? From Taking the words out of me, mm. So for you, how does football come back from this? And I'm, I'm being genuine because for me, it, this is, this is the, the biggest ruiner of yeah. the season. I completely agree with you, Phil. And you know, because we talk about this quite a lot, um, from, I mean, the latest... You know, the night that that basically Sky not only fed the narrative, not only supported the actions, but pretty much, you know, almost did a, a Fox, I'm not saying Fox Sport, but a Fox News on it with regards to what happened at Old Trafford um, the night that we were originally supposed to play them. I've never seen, I've never seen, you know, let's say a riot excused and encouraged if that had happened at any other event or any other, forget about football, forget about sport, if it had happened in any other circumstance, the newscasters would have been apologising for disturbing scenes that you're, that you're witnessing right now. But instead, Sky were, you know, talking about who's to blame, greed is to blame. And yet two or three days later, you know, they were backing up their own greedy agenda and, you know, talking to the government about how the government should support them to lock out any potential competitors, you know, to come in on their product. I don't, I think, Phil, I think you know the answer. It doesn't recover. Now, we, we've we've all been in a 30-year coma, and I've said this before. Sky have done a brilliant job in convincing us that the game belongs to us as consumers, as people. doesn't. It belongs to them, and we're just paying an ever ever increasing subscription well i'm not paying but we're paying an ever increasing subscription year on year to basically feed mr murdoch but he has brilliantly i have to hand it to him it's brilliant there's people on the streets gary neville leading them like you know enoch powell this is our game this is our game it's the biggest joke ever and meanwhile they're galvanizing the stupid masses to get out there and protest and they're not protesting for anything other than one greedy company's right to block out other greedy companies from trying to do the same thing that they've been doing for 30 years. It's the biggest hypocrisy I've ever seen. And this year, this year, a couple of things last year, things became more apparent. And I don't know whether it's due to COVID because we've all been sitting around watching these events unfold instead of going out and leading our lives and coming back into the television and seeing the little bits that are being fed to us through different channels. But we've actually had the opportunity to look at different ways that the same event can be reported and how the same event can look like six different events, depending on which channel you're watching. And again, again, 
you know, for whether it be racism, whether it be uh, the greedy, the greed of the Super League, whether it be anything, it depends on which channel you're watching, the version of the truth that you're getting. And I think Sky have hugely, hugely let themselves down. I'm not even going to talk about Neville and Carragher because they're just puppets. You know, they're, what they don't even realise as, as individuals and human beings is they're being used because they're they're representatives of the working class because they've got working class backgrounds and accents. But Rupert Mordock has his hand shoved up their backside and he's walking them like marionettes simply because they can look, they look like they're ordinary people, but they're just souls. They're souls, people. It, you know, it's for me, it's it's it was disgust. This year has been disgusting, really disgusting. Things that are obviously immoral and horrific happening on the television. And being reported as if they're justified, depending on the agenda of the TV channel you're watching. It's there's no coming back from this, Phil. No. Uh, I'm 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 sort of a bit. I've been hypercritical. I think I think Sky's um, delivery of a narrative-based agenda throughout the course of the football season is, is 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 disgusting. Football is its own narrative. There's enough going on in the league table and the results. To, to 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 drive a story that you need to drive it out. You don't need to turn it into the dream team. Um and that's what Sky are trying to do. They're trying to turn it into the dream team. And it's not just Sky, it's BT as well. I, I think the hypocrisy that stands from the from the idea of VAR and what what seemed to annoy them about VAR was that it was probably questioning whether the decisions were right in the first place, right? And they weren't able to spend twenty to twenty five minutes debating these decisions on the television because that was their that was their debate. That was their whole narrative that they could drive. If a referee got a wrong decision, you could spend 10, 15 minutes debating it and see does that impact the match. Even though VAR is not implemented really well in England, right? the decisions they get wrong are a lot less than the decisions they're getting right, even if people don't like the right decisions. Let's be honest about this, right? The vast majority of the time, they're applying the laws of the game. The laws of the game are the issue, not the application. The subjective decisions are the ones that have caused the biggest amount of debate and that's down to human person as opposed to the black and white of a law right so then you get this narrative that's twisted by sky that says that these are this is terrible and it's the technology and we need to take te- technology out we have this then they turn to, they turn to dial up about the about teams and clubs and all this type of stuff and, and even you, you've seen how bt turned on Klopp when all that stuff was going on in terms of trying to push them about matches is this because of this is this because of this to get what they want and when the club eventually snaps and be it any manager snaps even fat sam the other day when people are laughing at what, what did fat sam do ha ha look at the state of fat sam he's breaking <laughs> up look at him west Ham, west brom he's giving out but they t- ratchet up the pressure to get these sound bites to drive looks and views. All they're after is clickbait. All they're mm. looking for are clips to put on their social media channels because that brings advertisers. They don't care about the person at the end of the microphone. They don't care about you as a fan. They don't care about anything. Once the money is coming in via advertisements, and that's all they care about, right? And they will drive whatever narrative they can. And that's what happens. Neville is sitting there giving it socks about fans and backing the fans and green and yellow. A year ago, he's laughing at you. He's saying give the Glazers a chance. They've given mm-hmm. they've given Solskjaer all the money in the world and they should do it. We need to back them. And of course, if United go win the Europa League, all the United fans will be out celebrating with the Glazers thinking they're great lads. A bit like uh, we saw here in the FEI and when your man, what was his name? The fella who went off and he's he's got his girlfriend now in Portugal. Whatever in name Portugal. Yeah, Delaney. Delaney, Delaney, right? So you, you look at this and the, the sad fact is that because the vast majority of people have to watch this, they buy into a narrative. Men don't like soap operas. 
but they always watch soap operas, right? Mm. And football is their soap opera, and it's also the religion. And you can't separate the two. And if you drive a narrative behind it, you bring people to it, and you bring people, and you keep them entranced in what's going on. And that's what's been going on. And that's what that's what good television companies have bought into. So when you talk about the American production of Avi, it does it hasn't hit that sort of ratchet yet because in America it's still a niche sport it's not the mainstream sport you look at how american football is being produced over there and it's the next level of what sky can't attain here because everything is a narrative everything is a story you get behind the players you get into their dressing rooms you see what's going on you feel what's there they don't have that because the, the dressing room is still sacred so they're able to build these narratives about well i was told by somebody in the camp or i was told by this or whatever and that's what those pundits the pundits don't bring analysis anymore pundits used to bring analysis they don't bring analysis anymore we get nothing out of them all they bring is an, an, an addition or an extension to the narrative that already exists. If anyone lives in Ireland that watched some of the coverage of our World Cups over the previous years where Graeme Souness was a pundit on Irish television and look at how Graeme Souness was as a pundit on Irish television where he was free to say whatever he wants against how mm. he is on Sky and everyone says, oh, he's the most outspoken pundit there. He was one of the sheeps compared yeah. to the lads he that was we shocked. had. Don't be shocked him. He, he couldn't believe he could. He, he couldn't believe he could talk openly and freely about the match and about players and about, about things. It, it, it caught him. He so, did get sacked in the end, didn't he? I think he did get sacked in the end. Yeah. <laughs> what, he, what he could, what he couldn't believe, Phil. What he, got, that, what he couldn't believe was that the yeah. agenda, his agenda, wasn't fed to by the broadcaster. Yeah, and that's yeah, the bottom that's, line. It was, that it was, was that's why everybody. That's why everybody still tunes in to, to look at what Eamon Dunphy had to say yeah. because you knew nobody, Bill O'Hurley, Lord of Merchant, couldn't control what Eamon was going to say. Eamon was going to go off on his own tangent and it was always going to be relevant to the way people think about football. That doesn't, Jamie Redknapp is the biggest robot you'll ever see. And yeah. you see, he only gets, someone starts sliding his outfit or Tottenham Hotspur. Do you know what I mean? So it's. But can I, mean, I just say, Pete, the, the fan thing at the end of the season was the classic example of why fans, I know fans want to have a say in their club, but fans need to turn off from Sky. They need to turn off from BT. They need to turn off, ignore post-match analysis, ignore interviews. You'll get the interviews on the club websites and stuff like that. You just need to turn them off, right? Because the only way thing that's going to get through is to get to where the money is. If if audience drop off at advertisements and stuff like that, they won't get the money. They'll have to change the format. They'll have to change their produ product. And it, this sort of leads into the final, my own topic in terms of the fans and the impact of fans across the course of the season. One of the common themes that go, like Andy's theme about Klopp at the start of the season, was this final ratchet of the fans and the fans say, based on this terrible ESL, which actually was a better competition than the Champions League that they've dreamt up since. But fans... And I'm the very one that says fans, like ultimately for businesses, fans don't really matter. But this season showed that the input and the impact of fans as a product that you want to view and you want to watch is intrinsic to the enjoyment that you get out of football. Mm. So we take the start of the season, we think there could be no football and we're just happy to get anything and we've been stuck in a lockdown. You get that canned crowds. Sterile. Sterile vacuous environment that you get up until we get to November, December, where they let some fans in and it reminds you what, what, what a crowd sounds like in a thing. And then it dies again. And I don't know. And you, you, you've joined SOS off the back of everything that's gone on, but for you, could you continue to watch football without fans? Oh no, no, 
I, I came to the realization this year that I enjoy what kind of goes on around the the pitch as much as I do enjoy. You know what I mean? Like if I was to sit down and uh, you know on a Friday night and yeah, after watching a movie and having a couple of glass of wine or whatever, and I go onto YouTube, then I'm looking up fans singing more than I'm watching a. Uh, the fo- football more than I watching the goals and that like the the hair stand up at the back of my neck like you know that's what that's what I buzz off you know I'd sit there watching the fans uh, can, uh fans park in Madrid and uh, before I'd watch like the highlights of the game mm-hmm. you know what I mean and that's that's what it's all about for me like the whole the whole enjoyment of going over um on the plane or the boat or buses or trains with all the Irish Reds. And then you get to Anfield and you're around the pubs and you're around the city and you're seeing all the colours and that. Like, it's true. Like, it's, it's, I know it says on the flag, like football without, you know, fans is nothing without fans or whatever the fuck it says, but it's, whatever it says is true. Uh, it's, football is a load of bollocks unless you have supporters. And um, no, I'd be done with it. If, if we had to put up with this forever, you know, obviously that's, that's not going to happen. Fans will be back next season, but now I, I will be done with it. Like there's, there's nothing, nothing enjoyable, enjoyable about watching a uh, sterile football. Like you know, like a friendly or a training match. You know, I'm pumping in fake crowd noise. It was crap. Now look, on the other hand, if Liverpool slaughtered the season, I would have been all over it all year. <laughs> you know, he's <Jeez>, honest. <laughs> oh well. Yeah, you know, it, uh, it didn't, it, you know, it was maybe it coincided with the fact that we, we were shit and we were losing six games in a row at home. I mean, with fans in the ground, I don't think we lose one at home. You know, and I've said it here before, I even said at the start of the season, because you could see it coming, that home record shouldn't have counted mm. while the ground is empty because there's no home advantage with no fans in it. The 12th I mean, man you. The twelfth man is a hundred percent real, and it with with, uh, with Liverpool is probably a thirteenth man. It's that bit extra again. Um. So, yeah, no. Like without fans, it's it's forget about it. There's certain sports you can enjoy without fans, like golf. You know what I mean? I don't think the fans really add that in a particular to it, and in fact, they annoy you. You know, especially in American tour. Yeah. Um. There's a lot of sports you could just sit down and, and enjoy without the fans. Who's doing that? Uh, but yeah, without without the fans, it's always been about the fans. If you think about it, mm. I I think this season will be known longer term outside of the the, the COVID shite that's gone on. Is yes. the season where the true value of fans became remembered? Okay. I don't believe that them being part of the boards are going to make that significant amount of difference in real terms. It might just stop some of the decisions that are made that winds up the fan base as opposed to necessarily changing things at us. But I think ultimately people know that the product doesn't exist without the fans in the stadiums. You cannot have empty stadiums and expect people to want to pay for pay premium price in these pay sports channels to deliver this. And to me, this is where it boils down to. The, the one thing that will remain of this whole season 
will be that empty vacuous sound of somebody putting on the FIFA 21 soundtrack and trying to make like if I ever hear the We Are Liverpool chant randomly going up like, <laughs> and it's not sung halfway near as much it might be sung maybe once in every year right it was the lack of the real songs for for Van Dyke for for Mane for Salah for you know even Thiago because we there would have been an absolute belter of a song for Thiago right the way across the course of the season mm. none of that we're still getting We Are Liverpool. I was waiting for them to lash out a version of the Balotelli song at one stage. Like That's how bad the, the technology was, not it? So, you know, for me, ultimately, the fans having the recognition that they are intrinsic to the product that these horrible corporations are trying to sell. And for a end of season that put put itself as being saving the fans and saving the soul of football when it's when actually the perpetrators involved the Premier League Sky and BT had a nice close shop to finish off the end of the season to, to sell each other the rights without putting them out for open bidding um, is just disgusting and when people like Gary Neville are espousing that things have to be fair and you have to win by, by fairness it's disgusting so remember these 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 absolute hypocrites okay that sit in your television telling you what to think turn it off as the BBC did years ago on the kids program why don't you hmm. turn off your television go out and do something less boring instead that's what you need to do the season yeah. is over lads hang up your television forget about international football the only thing you need to stay tuned to is the forum on a Monday, exactly. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday right. night and we'll watch tell you the, what to watch on the telly watch the, watch the transfer <laughs> agenda shows with Avi and Grizz and Gav, and I'll be on as well to burst bubbles when we're still talking about Mbappe and the lads that are going on, right? Master disasters have to remind me of something there. Go on, show it now. Go on, go on. Give us what? What is it? Tell us. No, he just he just said he'd rather watch Ben Men as uh, stealing Catholic Avernus. <laughs> <laughs> That's of course the answer to the question. Uh, then this is the same uh, bar and pundits spouting nonsense and slating it. Look. Let's be honest. You'd rather watch your dad getting out of the bath than than that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, anyway, the winner of the the winner to go into the competition for the PS4, am I right? Yeah, it is. Uh, yeah. yeah, the first one to come up with the right answer that was, of course, Laura Duffy. Uh, and Laura Duffy is a regular to the show, she's a uh, sorry, a subscriber. Yeah, no, I'm sure she is. I'm sorry if I'm misgendering you there, <laughs> but you sound like a girl, so Laura. <laughs> uh, well done. Uh, you're in the draw. Uh, she was the first to give the right answer. So uh, congratulations stuff. on Good. being in the draw. Gav will, Gav will be in touch. Yeah. Listen, do you know what? I just want to say to everyone in the, in the comments, um, Veranda Cheese, Master Disaster. Lads, for the topics that have gone off on tangents, and I will say the Rampant Rabbit and the, the Kling film, well, I, there's always moments that across the course of the season. And for me, I was about to pack in football and pack in podcasting until that, that comment that night. I don't think I've laughed as much as something. The, 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 the visual pictures I had of um, people stabbing each other with the rampant rabbits wrapped in clean film will never, ever, ever, ever leave me. Um, and in bad times, it's the first place I go to when I'm trying to remember what goes on. But for those comments that have been coming in for... For Rajiv and the lads that are on there, you know, there's been so many great contributors. Kev, um, hold on a second, Davy Lennon, go on, Laura. Uh, there you go. I'm glad I picked such a, a good person. Uh, if I win, can we raffle off for Sienna? What a uh, gesture there! Fair it play, is, yeah. 
Super. And Laura, don't worry yeah. about it. You won't be winning it because I'm winning it. I want the PS5. <laughs> uh, I've got a burner. I have a sneaky, I'm I'm a sneaky feeling. feeling. <laughs> I have a sneaky feeling Laura's going to win it now. After that. <laughs> so look, folks, I just want to thank you all. This has been the last... Um, forum of the season 2021 next week we'll be back with the first forum of season 21 22 right so we're not going anywhere um we may have we we, we may take a couple of mondays off over the course of june and might give andy a rest and we might take it and see what's going on um so that's the most important thing that's out there but i do want to thank you all for coming along i want to thank again all the comments it keeps us going on the show each week i want to thank again the lads that came on tonight. So we've got Pete down there, uh, all the way from Mangerton Road in Barcelona. Kaye uh, <laughs> Mangertonio. Uh, and then over on this side, is it, what is that? We've got Avi over, and on, on, it's actually technically my um, left-hand side, but it's my right-hand side where I'm on the camera. And then below him, of course, is Andy Young. Um, I want to thank you all um, for coming along. Thanks for your input tonight, lads. This has been The Forum. I've been your host, Phil Casey. Please support our campaign for Sienna. It's the most important thing that's out there. Um, and thanks again. Good night. No, that, God that's good there. Can just go on about that a bit more, will you? Do you want me to go on a bit, buy, a bit more? Buy, buy a fucking ticket. It's the best way to support us at the moment. This thing is going on for a month. We want to really yeah. push this, raise uh, the money for such a worthy cause. Uh, this surgery is going to change Sienna's life for the better. It's going to... Uh, keep her out of pain it's going to help her walk it's going to make our, our parents so happy if anyone's parents in the comments all we want to see they will see our kids happy and grow up um, and, and live their best life so just get stuck in give what you can if you can't buy a ticket for for 20 euro go to the gofundme put a super chat up do what you can support the cause that's all we ask this fucking show is free six nights a week yeah sports and it guys come on do it. I just want. I'm, I'm going to try do something here now, which we haven't done before. Just bear with me a second. Um, so let me see if I can do this for you. This could be really right on our website. Okay, if this works, um, this would be fantastic. I'm going to see share screen, uh, and I don't have two monitors. But on our website, if you go to the lfcdt.com forward slash Sienna you get the full, full, full um, brief of what's uh, what it's all about and why we want to support this girl, okay? Um, and why we want to support our family to give this girl the best chance at a normal life, right? Um, and it's 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 a great cause. You know, if if, if, if you can help and you, if you can support, please do so. And if you want to get out and do something, get in touch with us and we'll give you all the support we possibly can. We plug whatever you want to do because anything that helps this campaign, we did the same with um Kim and that worked out really well. The stuff that 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 Shane off the pod has done was absolutely amazing, right? So please do what you can. It really helps. The family will be so appreciative and all you're doing is giving a child a, a really good chance with the rest of her life. Okay. And that's the most important thing at the end of the day. She's only a young girl, so please get out there and help out, right? So look again. Love all the comments. Love all the people watching the show. Love you all out there, despite me being a bit of a a wind up merchant. Um Thanks again to the lads that are on the show. And Andy, what do we say? I don't know. Good night. For fuck's sake. Good night and God bless. Sports Social Podcast Network.